Casinos in Space by Howard Berenbaum. Copyright 2019 by Howard Berenbaum slash CyberTimes LLC. All rights reserved. This book is dedicated to the memory of my dear friend, Bruce, who died way too soon. Casinos in Space is a novel about a group of scientists who travel with their wives on a starship to a distant planet for gambling and relaxation. While on the ship, they spend their time in a replica of the Las Vegas Strip for gambling and eat at Las Vegas-style buffets and fine restaurants. Paul Erickson, one of the members, reluctantly goes on the vacation because he is grieving the death of his brother from brain cancer. Right from the start, Paul was acting erratic and his friends were concerned. And to their surprise, Paul went missing, nowhere to be found. Chapter 8 Disappeared Barry, Elena and Mark were people watching in the Luxor lobby, while Susan volunteered a second attempt at convincing Jane to join them for a scrumptious dinner at the Egyptian buffet. Jane refused to budge from her room until Paul returned. We are estimating the missing and dead on Vega 1 and Vega 2 at almost 3,000, the CNN news anchor said. Sounds and pictures were emitted from a large screen laser LED display hanging in the lobby center. Words were scrolling from left to right at the screen's bottom, while the CNN newsroom and anchor appeared up above. What is happening to the world? Elena said. An attack with 3,000 deaths? It is terrible. It has been only four days since the violence erupted simultaneously at the resorts on Vega 1 and Vega 2, the anchor said. The Hilton Towers on both planets were attacked by a still unknown architect. Although no one person or group has claimed responsibility for the bombings, the Gambling Prohibition Coalition is suspect and has been linked to picketing and violence related to their casino gambling opposition. Authorities are investigating, but to date, no connection has been found. In fact, GPC spokesman, Ron Donnelly, emphatically denies any responsibility for the terrorist acts. Donnelly is quoted as saying, We strongly condemn, and oppose any violence associated with our opposition of casino gambling. And although we oppose any form of gambling, we do not promote violence as a means to our goals. It is true that the GPC's bylaws do not condone violence, however individuals within the group have been associated with some past acts of violence while picketing against government support of casino gambling. More about this later. We have to take a commercial break. But when we get back we'll hear from Bill Bailey of the World Casino Network for his take on this current violence. The camera panned the newsroom, and then the screen faded. Susan hurried to the hotel level and entered into Jane's room. But, Jane, you've got to eat something. Paul will turn up. He always does. Paul had a history of strange behavior with several close death calls, but he always managed to recover. Come on, let's go down. Aren't you hungry? Well, just a little, Jane responded. But I'm depressed. Susan, what can I do? She started crying, tears streaming down her cheeks, her makeup melting. I know, I know. But, he'll turn up. I promise. She could not back up her statement with anything credible, but Jane seemed to calm down. There was a loud rap at the door and Susan opened it to find no one but a white letter was leaning on the wall with the words, to Jane Erickson. 
Jane ran past Susan and grabbed the envelope and ripped it open. Then she screamed with relief. It's a note from Paul. My dear Jane, she read, I don't want to worry you, but Elvis has left the building. What I mean to say is that, at this very moment, I am on my way to Vega 1 with my good friend Slim, and I might add, for some terrific gambling. I'm sorry if I have worried you, but we will meet again someday soon, someday when, and I will be a rich man, richer than you could, could imagine. So, get ready to go on a shopping extravaganza. I will miss you until then. Take care, my dearest. Love, Paul. Wow, Susan said. What was that all about? Has he gone off the deep end again? She paused. But at least we know he's alive. It's Paul's handwriting, all right, Jane confirmed. I'm somewhat relieved. At least he was alive when he wrote the note. But how on earth could he get to Vega 1 before us? I have no idea, Susan said. Come on, take that note, and we'll go tell the guys. You don't have to eat, just come with me. Don't worry, Polly, Slim said looking at a now frazzled and frightened Paul. You're safe with me, buddy boy. This here little secret shuttle can take us anywhere, and anywhere is now Vega 1. No luggage required. We'll buy you some spanking new duds when we get there. Paul could not estimate their travel time from the Las Vegas, but what seemed like hours, may have been only minutes, until the craft decelerated, with a loud humming sound that broke the silence. A computerized voice startled Paul, announcing, Please fasten your seatbelts, now descending to Vega 1. Then the craft landed. Let's get gambling, Polly. Slim led Paul to the exit, which he opened revealing an earth-like landscape with black and green mountains to the west a blue sky, puffy cotton clouds, two yellow glowing suns and three flat circular moons suspended in the west. They landed in woodlands near the small and quaint resort town of Tambly, just outside New Las Vegas. It was a beautiful town with several small villas overlooking a wide wooden boardwalk and the black sands of the Salty Sea, the single Salty Sea of Vega 1. The twenty huge hotel towers reflected the afternoon suns as the turquoise blue waves slapped the shoreline rocks and bubbling white foam drifted back to the sea. Black smoke, visible in the distance, was still billowing from the Hilton Hotel towers attacked four days prior killing 1,500 innocent people. Soot was still spewing from the site, and the air reeked of death and destruction. Paul looked disturbed in thought as he gazed at the rising black-gray smoke in the distance. The air had a slightly acrid smell, even at their location. Paul took a deep breath and then coughed. What is going on? Slim paused after a long look at the still-burning building and said, Don't you worry, my boy. We're going to kick butt and win some. And we will win. Mark read Paul's letter twice and passed it to Barry. I don't know what to say, Mark said. That Elvis reference is strange all right. Either he's delusional, or he's really left the ship with his imaginary pal, Slim. Barry handed the letter to back to Jane. We searched the ship, and he didn't turn up. It is possible he left in one of the ship's shuttles. Jane interrupted. I don't know about this Elvis or Slim, but what I do know is that my husband would be here with us if he was on the ship. I believe he's left and he's on a mission. What mission? Susan said. 
Maybe a money mission. I don't know, Jane said. But I hope we find him and his mission mission when we reach Vega 1. She turned to Barry. When will we reach Vega 1? In about three days, Barry said. Until then, we should continue to search the Las Vegas. It's possible he procured a ship's shuttle and is on the way to Vega 1. And it's more likely he's with an Elvis Presley impersonator than this ghostly guy Slim. So, right now, let's take the note on its face value and have some dinner at the buffet. They found a comfortable round table in a slightly isolated corner of the dining room within a replica of an Egyptian chariot with horse and driver. As they approached the entrance, the animatronic driver turned to them and said, Please step up and be seated gentle people. I am named Anuk and here to serve you. The aroma of a variety of foods mingled in the air above them. They sniffed a mixture of freshly baked bread and pastries, roasted and fried meats, poultry, fish and various desserts, now hypnotically calling them to the buffet bins. Jane jumped at the announcement. That thing scared me. You will find a wide selection of excellent foods in our fine establishment. If you are at all on a restricted diet, please feel free to try our palate stimulator. He pointed at a black headset attached to a seat. Salad will taste and smell like lobster, steak or prime rib, and white or whole wheat bread will taste and smell like bacon or ham. Peas will taste and smell like pork ribs and rice will taste like chocolate cheesecake or banana cream pie. You may select any taste you desire. Those mentioned are just suggestions. Instructions are provided on each headset. I hope you will find your royal meals enjoyable. Please be seated. They heard a whirring sound as a nuck faced away from the table and stared ahead. Thanks. Thanks, buddy, Susan said with a laugh. Fat chance I'm going to use that palate strangler, or whatever it is. It couldn't hurt, Mark said. Not to say that you're gaining any weight, dear. Don't take this the wrong way, but if your cholesterol is high, it could help. Susan glared at Mark for a moment and said, maybe you're right. Or maybe you should shut up. I like my food real. I don't think it's a bad idea, Barry said. I happen to have a cholesterol problem, and I'm going for it. As the group stood up to tackle the buffet tables, a loud whooshing sound was emitted from a large screen-led television in the dining room. This is Jed Jarrett at CNN News Central. Another explosion has been reported at a Marriott Resort Hotel on Vega 1, and although the information is sketchy, we have some unofficial reports of causalities and possible deaths from a terrorist attack. Breaking news is still coming in over the wire. The anchor looked down at his desk. Yes, yes, we have confirmation of 25 deaths and several hundred injured. They all returned with plates filled with the food they craved. Susan and Jane came back with a plate full of beef ribs, while Mark and Barry started with boiled tofu, with some hope that the palate stimulator would turn the dastardly tasting bean curd into barbecued pork ribs. Elena had broiled salmon and a salad. What is happening on Vega 1? Barry asked with great concern. It's horrible. I guess we'll find out in a few days, Mark said. And I hope we'll also find Paul, as well. I hope so, Jane said as she started eating her short ribs on a bed of brie and butter egg noodles. Great beef, Susan said. 
And Jane, I'm glad you got your appetite back. This food is worth eating. Mark and Barry adjusted their palate stimulator headsets as they prepared to taste their tofu. The device required placement of small electrodes against the temples, just back from the corner of each eye. It functioned by stimulating the brain with a combination of digital impulses that mimicked signals produced by foods as they stimulated taste and smell. In this case, it was the taste and smell of barbecued ribs. Barry entered the, th the three-digit code he found for baby back ribs and felt a slight tingling at his temples as he lifted his fork and jabbed at the strip of fried beige bean curd. Fantastic, Barry said. Now this is living, pork ribs without the pork or the ribs. What do you think, Mark? How's your prime rib? Mark cut a chunk of fried bean curd and cautiously nibbled at the gray-brown crispy mass. Yes, it amazingly tastes like prime rib from my past high-cholesterol life. Well, I'll be. Don't overdo it, Susan said. You could overdose on the grease in that curd cud too. It's fried in oil. Yes, dear, Mark said. I won't overdo it. After their enjoyable main courses, with and without the palate stimulator, their final buffet stop was the incredible dessert kiosk with tons of to-die-for dairy treats. Barry returned with a huge hot fudge sundae with real chocolate ice cream, gooey hot fudge sauce piled high with whipped cream and topped with several cherries. Mark carried one large slice of pecan pie. Elena and Susan came back each with a huge banana split. Jane hardly touched her main course but couldn't resist a piece of fudge brownie pie. Hey, boys, Susan said. What's with the real desserts? Barry responded after wiping whipped cream off his cheek. Sometimes you've got to cheat a little. Anyhow, we ditched the meat for tofu, so there's a trade-off. And a little animal fat and sugar among friends can't hurt. Okay, Susan said. I just want to make sure you know what you're doing. A beeping alert directed their gaze from the delicious desserts to the video display hanging in the center of the dining room. This is Jed Jarrett at CNN Central. We have an update to our breaking news story regarding a terrorist attack at a Marriott hotel on Vega 1. The casino and part of the lo lower level of the hotel were damaged by an apparent bomb attack. We don't have an official casualty figure as yet, except for the initial 25 deaths. However, observers at the scene are saying there are many more dead and injured. We're expecting a video feed soon. When we have more information we will pass that on to you. Do you think it's the GPC? Barry asked. No other group is more opposed to casino gambling. They're like a cult. Could be. Mark said. They really hate anything to do with gambling, and they've been quite aggressive, and I might say, highly successful in closing several casinos in North America. I wouldn't agree with your highly successful description, Barry said. Intimidation and threats of violence isn't a successful method in my book. But I love gambling, so I see it differently. Suddenly a loud explosion interrupted the last course of their incredible feast, a blast that rocked through the restaurant. Pulsating alarms blared as everyone rushed to the exits. Chaos happened as Barry and Mark grabbed the women and ran with the steady stream of patrons to the rear exit. Their exodus was surprisingly calm considering explosions are uncommon and unexpected on deep space liners. 
Once outside the Luxor Hotel, a second explosion rocked, causing the Las Vegas to roll as smoke and red flames oozed from the nearby monorail station. Haze partially obstructed the twinkling starlit view through the dome above, as the liner streaked out of control towards Vega and the Vega system. An acrid smell was in the smoked-filled air. Mark, let's get to the bridge, Barry yelled in the confusion. Maybe we can help. 